0: How do you do?
1: Thank you, guys. All right, good morning. I'm glad, glad you're here this morning. So today's kind of a special, today, uh, special day. Um, you, I've, I've announced this the last couple of weeks, but we have never had uh, revival services in the last, well, I know seven years. I've been here about seven years. And tonight, starting tonight, it's actually starting this morning, um, we're holding revival services. And I want to make sure we understand what, what this is. I, I preached about this a few weeks ago. I think it was a few weeks ago, revival services are for you. They're for the church body. They're for individual people to get revived and excited about Christ again. And so uh, this morning, we're starting it this morning. Tonight, we'll have services at 6.30 here at the church. Uh, tomorrow night, um, Eric Neeson, the pastor of Henderson Baptist Church, great guy. I love Eric. He will be here tomorrow night. Um, Tuesday night, uh, Gary Dedman, the pastor of Diggins Baptist Church. Gary's been a long-time pastor over there, a very thriving, active church over in Diggins, Missouri. Uh, He will be here on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, Grant Dedman, their youth pastor, Gary's son, will be here Wednesday night. So heres you don't have to come every night. I'm not going to be here every night. i got stuff going on. But here's the deal. I encourage you to try to come this week and focus on yourself and your relationship with the Lord Jesus. And and am I are you excited? And what we're starting with today uh this morning, I'm not going to preach the whole sermon right now, I promise. But what we're starting with is I'm asking a simple question. In John chapter 21, Jesus asked Peter, "Do you love me?" "Do you love me?" And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I, I want you to ask yourself, we never put ourselves in the place of somebody in scripture, right? But those foundational fundamental questions we can ask ourselves. And so I want us to ask ourselves this morning, do we love Jesus? Do we love him? And we're going to ask that numerous times uh, this morning. And, and I pray that you go back today and remember all that Christ has saved you from. And last week we celebrated his resurrection. Today we're talking about Jesus after Christmas. Or Jesus after Christmas. Jesus after Easter. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about that. And he asked Peter in John chapter 1. Short 21, do you love me? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm glad you're here. Let's open uh, in prayer this morning and then uh, we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, uh, God, I'm excited about this week. I'm excited about today uh, because I know what you did in me, uh, Lord, about 13 years ago at a revival a service. And, and that week, um, it wasn't that attended, uh, but, but God, you used that week and the preaching that week to get me on fire about you and, and you return me to the joy of my salvation in you. And Lord, I, that was the week that I just um, I just told you, Lord, I'm going to serve you. And so I know what these services can do. I know that you can work. And that's what I pray for. I pray that, God, you'll work in people's hearts this week. Even if it's one person, even if it's just one person that's here this week, that you return them to the joy of their salvation. And they get excited about you again and serving you and, Lord, that that excitement affects the kingdom, and you use them. That's what I'm praying for this week. I'm praying for it this morning and every night this week. God, in everything we do, it's not about us. It's not about uh, anything else but being excited about you and worshiping you and, and being in you. And so, God, I love you this morning. I'm, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for our kids uh, in Bible Drill. Uh, and how good they did yesterday, and how they represented this church body and worked hard. Thankful for our ministries that we have and our outreach coming up. I'm just joyous this morning, God, because of what you did for us. And you're alive and you're not dead. And so we worship you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
0: Oh, You walk me through the fire.
1: Individual mic, Ed. Do we have an individual mic? I need a a cordless mic. Do you have a cordless? Where's the cordless mic? You guys got it back there? there. Bring me the cordless mic if you would. Sierra, you want to come up here? All the Bible drillers, all of our state Bible drillers, all of our state Bible drillers, come on up here this morning. I did did not see another church uh, yesterday uh, at Ridgecrest that had as many kids in Bible Drill as we did. Uh, and so I love that. There you go. Right there, sis. Go ahead. Good morning.
2: Is this on? Good morning. There we go. Okay. I need all the Bible Drillers, not just state, because you guys all get a certificate. Um, so we had two superior winners yesterday. That means that they got 24 out of 24. That was Hunter and Ethan. Woo! We had several um, state winners. That means that they missed three or less. Um, Jaden. Good
1: job, Jaden.
2: Emily. Good job, Em. Ivy.
1: Good job, Ivy.
2: Um, and then Lillian was not here. Uh, is not here. And then we had Price. Good
1: job, Price.
2: And Nathaniel's not here. And then we had um, two other people that participated in Bible Drill who are going to go to state with us next year, right, boys? All right, Jason and John, come on over.
1: Good job, guys. that's it that's it all right good job good job okay i have several announcements this morning let me read this card Uh, it says thank you for all the prayers and love in our time of need the service is really beautiful to our uh family thank you uh thank you all for uh our crossbridge family for all you do for us we love you our extended church family. And this is from the Youngs and Irvine family. We had a really good service uh, Monday night, memorial service for Richard. And so, um, hey, he is happy right now. He is one happy guy right now in heaven. So uh, that was Monday night. Here's announcements today. I got several. So a little bit different of a schedule. No discipleship or men's uh, fellowship or men's Bible study tonight because of the revival. The revival starts every single night at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. So that's going to interfere a little bit with dinner on Wednesday. So here's what we're going to do uh, for Wednesday for dinner. We're going to have dinner at 5.30. So dinner at 5.30 uh, this week, 5.30 to around 6.15. And then we'll clean up and everybody will come up here for service. So we won't have kids' classes this week. We won't have youth classes. They'll all be uh, up here uh, Wednesday night for revival. So it's 6.30 every single night. Softball game is what time, Tommy? 8.15, so we'll get out of Revival Monday night, right, and then we'll go watch the softball team win, which they won this week, so good job, right, who'd you guys play? Some kind of what? That's who you played last week? (laughs) And you beat them, right? So they didn't grow up, I guess, I don't know, okay, all right, all right, good job, Tommy, way to go, Coach Tommy, all right, all right. Baptism at the river, so I mentioned this again, it's not next Sunday, it's the Sunday after. So I have several that we're going to be baptizing. If you have questions about baptism, you need to come see me and set a time aside that we can talk. uh, We will do baptism the last Sunday of every month through the summer and early fall. So our first one is... Uh, we have several Sunday, April 30th after the morning service. couple of things on Spring Fling uh, this year. Spring Fling. We have a slide for Spring Fling. There it is. Sunday, April 30th, 2 p.m. We're going to have a fish fry. There's going to be a fish fry. There's a si- is there a sign-up sheet going around? Okay, there is a sign-up sheet to go around. Please sign up if you are coming to that with your family. Uh, so we're having a fish fry. There's all sorts of stuff going on. We have been doing our best to catch enough crappie. I think Danny and I have about two hundred and thirty fillets roughly to donate of, of crappie. We're trying to get enough crappie that we have crappie and not catfish, right? Because once you eat crappie, it's kind of like, yeah, you want cat, you want crappie. You don't want catfish. But We'll, we'll, we'll see. So if you want to go fishing, bring some fillets in, uh, big fish fry that day. Sign up so they know we know how much to cook uh, and all that good stuff. Anything else on that? Starts at 2 o'clock. There will be games, all sorts of stuff. Um, today right off the service, too, We're having a for Jeff and for for the NFL. I was going to not announce that, but Okay. <laughs> After morning service. So they did a really good job at uh, strawberries this year. And part of that is if they hit a goal, they got to throw a pie at me and Trey. And there are going to be some pie throwing going on after morning service today uh, because of that. So outside. Okay. This is going to be a big mess. Well, yeah, I want a towel because I don't want to, yeah, I already have a big enough dry cleaning bill. Trash bag, that'll work, okay. All right, Sunday, May 7th, Sunday, May 7th, graduating senior Sunday, uh, there'll be a lunch to follow services, so that's Sunday, May 7th. The ladies are taking a trip, spring ladies trip on Friday, May 12th. At 9 a.m., they'll take the church bus. They're going to Baker Creek Seed Company uh, in Mansfield for lunch and a little trip, ladies. So write that down. It's Friday, May 12th. The next day, uh, we have a big outreach. Big outreach on Saturday, May 13th at Rotary Park from 3 to six. This is going to be the first one of those where we'll have, we'll have a, a barbecue, we'll have a bunch of food, uh, we'll share the gospel with people, there will be a service over there, um, so be ready for that. Mike, you need a whole bunch of volunteers still? Where's Mike? Go see Mike if you want to volunteer. You got a bunch of openings? Okay, so go see Mike if you want to help uh, with that. Tammy also brought these up here. These are, um, Harrison has surgery on Tuesday so you can pick one of these up for free. It'll remind you to pray for Harrison on, on Tuesday as he is going to St. Louis. Little Harrison, there's a picture of him uh, for surgery on Tuesday. So there's that. And then young adults, here's the next young adult event. Sunday the 23rd at the Curleys, they're going to have lunch at noon, a devotion, and then they're going to go look for morel mushrooms for the fish fry. Is that right? I mean, are you bringing the morel mushrooms to the fish fry? Is that what we're doing? Where's the Curlys at? Where where, where, where are we at? Are we bringing the morel mushrooms, to the fish fry, or are you guys keeping those for yourselves? I mean, I'm... okay, young adults, go find some mushrooms for the fish fry. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of a Baptist church where you get to have morel mushrooms and crappie on the same day. That's like, that's a, that's a win-win, right? That's a win-win. So that's the 23rd. Um, And so they're going to take a walk and just enjoy God's creation. I love that idea. Uh, Anything else this morning on announcements that I forgot? Yes. 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 Thank you. I do have that on the calendar. The uh, Choices Pregnancy Center Walk for Life. So that 13th is going to be a busy day. We'll have the Walk for Life at the fairgrounds in the morning. And then after that, we'll go to the outreach. So... Definitely get a team together. I, I you can see Jeannie Donaldson about that. I know Crossbridge, we always used to have a whole bunch of people that come for the Walk for Life. Um, that's important. And you guys are hearing about these abortion bills that are passing and not passing. And, and there's, this is still, this hasn't gone away. Thank the Lord about Roe v. Wade, obviously, right? But this hasn't gone away. So there's still a whole bunch of young mothers that we can help support too uh, in this fight. So anything else this morning? Before we have our worship Yes the walk is not Oh it's not Okay I, I stand corrected The walk is going to be at First Baptist Not the fairgrounds Okay, Fair, uh, First Baptist not the fairgrounds Anything else Friday at 8.30 Women's breakfast Prickly cactus Okay Women 8.30am Friday morning At prickly cactus Okay, we got a lot of stuff going on. I love that. That's a good thing. Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have our worship time before we jump into God's Word together uh, today. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, God, again, for the opportunity to be here this morning to worship you, Lord. And as we uh, take up this offering this morning, God, I just pray that you use it to further your kingdom, uh, Lord. And and that we we give sacrificially and loving uh, as an act of worship this morning. And so, Lord, we lift our our voices now in song, in praise to you, in everything we give you the praise and glory, God. In your name I pray. Amen.
0: No mm-hmm. sun's to blow should sure. have a good week? I had a pretty good week, I guess. He was a little busy. Boy had some asthma issues, which we didn't even know he had, and it was just busy, man. But whenever I'm the busiest, and I try to stand in the way, it's when God shows me that I need to get out of that driver's seat, man. So if you're driving right now, I'd like to offer you an opportunity to sit in this passenger seat and be Miss Daisy and let Jesus drive. So... You could mount to your desire. The one
1: Thank you guys. They're going to be leading us this worship too at Revival, so I really, really appreciate uh, our team. If you would, turn in your Bibles, remain standing, let's read it together. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We're going to to, uh, talk about the whole thing and probably a little bit of the previous chapter too, but John 21, 15 through 19 is what I want to read to you this morning. John 21, 15 through 19. John 21, 15 through 19. It says this, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, This he said to show what, what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning for your word. I am excited, God, about today. I'm excited about this week. And I pray, Lord, that you just work in people's hearts this morning. Your Holy Spirit just works in people's hearts. And, Lord, we're a church that's excited about you. We're excited about you. And not as a church as a whole, but as individuals individuals i know we have a lot of people here god that are just love you and are excited about you maybe there's people here this morning that i don't know they may not love you as much as they should and so i pray this morning that you just work in their hearts and see just just remind them god what you've done for them and in everything we give you the praise and the glory it's in your name i pray amen you may be seated so here in a couple of weeks, we are going to jump into the book of 2 John, and I like going through books, whole books, you guys know that. We'll go into 2 John, and then we'll go into uh, 3 John, and then I'm not for sure uh, from there. But um, we started that, this mini-series before Easter, Jesus before Easter, and so today's kind of Jesus after Easter, and it's the start of our revival. And this is one of my favorite texts. But but it kind of begs the question, like why is there? I know why there's a uh, a John twenty one, but if you go back and you read the ending of John chapter twenty, you see Thomas explain, exclaim, "My Lord and my God," and then you see that he writes in verse thirty of chapter twenty. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which were not written in this book, but these are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing in Him, you may have life in His name. And you think that sounds like a great ending to, yeah. What? Huh? What? Children's Church. Sorry. Like... Guys are waving at me back there. Well, kids can go to children's church if they want. Or if they're as excited as me, they can stay in here. It's okay. All right. If, if you want to go to children's church, you can this morning. Okay. All right. Here we go. Sorry, guys. All right. I forget. All right. But, but so, so seriously, you, you see the ending of chapter 20, and you're like, man, that sounds like a great place to end. And then you go to Acts, and you see the early church being built. But then we would all have this major question. That question would be, what about Peter? What happened with Peter? The last we see Peter, what's Peter doing? He's denying Jesus. We see him, we see him after the resurrection, but we have this burning question about Peter. Well, how is Peter a church leader in the book of Acts, and he's building God's church, and he's foundational in that, but Peter denied Jesus. Well, there had to be a restoration. And God wanted it here for a reason. But you see, Jesus go and restore Peter. And we're going to ask some questions this morning, but here's the main question. Jesus goes, he gets eyeball to eyeball with Peter. He looks him straight in the eye, and what does he ask him? He asks him three times. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Listen, for us today, we're not Peter But every part of our life is interconnected, folks, into that same question. Every part of our life is connected to the question, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? The background here is that Jesus had died, he had risen, he had appeared to his disciples twice before this third appearance. But we have chapter 21 He appears to Thomas, doubting Thomas. We read that in chapter 20. We have him restoring Peter. Why did Jesus do this publicly? Jesus comes to Peter in the presence of his other disciples. Why had he done this? Because Peter had sinned publicly. He had denied Jesus publicly. In fact, he he cursed. He was emphatic about not knowing who Jesus was. Now we see Jesus go to Peter publicly and restore him. So in our text, what had happened in this pre, in the, in this, before in this chapter? The disciples had gone fishing. Now I don't want to speculate if they were sinful in doing that, but when, when Jesus had called them to follow him, what did the disciples give up? Fishing. Many of them, the ones that were fishermen, Peter was one of them, they were fishermen. He had called them to be what? Fishers of men. To be fishers of men. But what had they done? They had went back to, that night, fishing. Now maybe it was just waiting on Jesus. I don't want to say they were sinful, because Jesus didn't chastise them for that. And I don't want to read too much into the text, but I got to thinking, I've been, we've been doing a lot of fishing lately. We're trying to catch a lot of crappie for you guys. I went Wednesday. We went Wednesday. That's why I wasn't here Wednesday night. And I'm never going fishing on Wednesday again, Dan, because I was sick Thursday and Friday. And the elders gave me a hard time about that. I know they were joking, but I was. I was sick Thursday and Friday. I was sick up until yesterday. I texted Mike yesterday. I'm like, you better be ready because I don't know if I can preach Tomorrow. I don't know if I I should be there, but I made it here. But fishermen in the Bible days, they had some certain characteristics. One of those is they were hard working. There's some characteristics between the fishermen in the Bible to Christians today. They were hard working. They worked hard at their craft. They had to. They spent all night. Usually in the evening is when the fish start to bite. They they really bite. We got in trouble. I'm gonna tell. I'm going to tell you honest. us. We got in trouble Wednesday night, though. Because Thursday's a school day, right? And we got to the lake at about 11 o'clock.
2: And it's slow.
1: How many of you have been crappie fishing? During during the day, it's kind of slow. You'll get a couple here and there. But man, when the sun starts going down, it gets in the evening, it fires up. And you start catching them. And we start catching some We had like, I don't know, 30 in the boat by, by 4, 4.30. Well, between 4.30 and 7... We were up to like 63. We were hammering them. And they got school the next day. <laughs> we weren't worried about school, but the mamas were worried about school. <laughs> so needless to say, it was a late night and we were in trouble. But we had to work hard for those fish. We got into trouble and we're out of trouble now, I think. But, but they, they, these fishermen have to work hard. This isn't an easy deal. And, and hey, listen, serving the Lord Jesus... Loving the Lord Jesus is hard work. Ministry done right is hard work. Ask how many hours you're spent on sermons. It's hard work. Teaching a class, ministering to people, it's hard work. Fishermen were also very courageous in the Bible times. You think about the number of storms that they talk about on the Sea of Galilee. And these storms would just come out of anywhere. Anywhere. You had to have courage to go out on the Sea of Galilee. They didn't have... Well, we were going to go fishing yesterday afternoon after the Bible drill, and we decided not to, which I don't know if I could have anyways. I wasn't feeling good. But the weather app was telling us, hey, you don't want to go to the lake because there's supposed to be 20-mile-per-hour winds and baseball-sized hail. Dan sent me a video from his house. There was hail all over. Anybody get hail around here? Yeah. I mean, it, it got rough, and the wind was rough. Think about that, being out on there if you have to go out to feed your family. It takes some courage to do that. Let me tell you today, it takes courage to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about being a Christian today if you live in Pakistan or Afghanistan. Listen, even in America, we're not immune to persecution. Sometimes we're viewed as the problem, not as the solution. I saw a video this week that shows the number of times that Christian athletes try to give praise to the Lord Jesus. You know what happens to them a lot of times? the live video feed suddenly cuts out for some reason. We're not immune to persecution around here. It, it takes courage to be a follower of Christ. It also takes patience. It also takes patience. Listen, you have to be patient to catch fish, even today. They had fished all night in this story, and they hadn't caught anything. If you go back and read, again, they fished all night. Sometimes you fish hours, and you only catch a few, unless you're employing the dynamite method, right? Right? which we're not doing, unless you want to come bail me out of jail. But you're right, we don't do that. But unless you do that, you got to be patient. The same is true when you're doing ministry, when you're serving the Lord. When you're working with people, you can't just dynamite them. Everybody in in the church is in different stages of their walk with the Lord Jesus. We need to be patient with one another. Be patient with me. Be slow to be angry, please. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Listen, we all have a sin nature. We should be patient with one another. Listen, there's times when Christians just don't grow in the rate with the Lord that we would like for them to. Not our job to get upset with them. It takes patience. Let God work. Love people exactly where they are, where they need to be. Be patient with me. It also takes, biblically, in times when they're fishing, they got to work together. There's a cooperative that goes together. These were large fishing nets. They didn't have our Zebco Omega reels that can bring them babies in one right after another, right? They had nets. They would try to catch. So these nets are heavy. It took work, they had to cooperate with one another, or they couldn't catch anything. If they're not pulling in the same direction, nets, could not, nets aren't going to work. Hey, listen, we need to work together as a church body. Be, be pleasant with one another, work together. First Corinthians 10 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and there's no divisions among you, but you are united in the same mind and the same judgment. What is that? That's cooperation. That's unity in the body. That's working together for a goal. For a church to function properly, we need to be on board with the ship going in the same, with the same plan. We have to be in unity with one another. Pulling in the nets together. Being what? Fishers of men. We have to, we have to be in unity with one another. Now, see, these men, these fishermen, these disciples... They needed a leader. And all through the book of Acts, we see who is the leader? Peter. Peter's the leader. Listen, God will take care of those those leadership roles. Our leaders in the church, our elders, our deacons, pray for us. Pray for us. Please pray for us. Follow leadership. Follow. Listen, many people miss out on God's plan and even plan for the church. Because they think it's their job to try to fix an elder or fix an, uh, a, a leader. God will take care of those things. We're, we're, we're sinful and we're, we have faults. Come talk to us one on one. Come talk to us. God uses these fishermen as an illustration for us to be successful Christians. And how to live for Him. And here, what have they done? They, guys, they fished all night. And they hadn't caught anything. They had fished all night, not caught a thing. And then they looked ashore. If you back up in the previous verses, they looked ashore, and about 100 yards away from the boat, they hear a stranger say, Hey, have you caught anything? And what does he say? It's familiar now. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And the book of John says they caught 153 fish. The nets should have broken, but they didn't. John recognizes it, that it's a miracle, and recognizes that the stranger is not really a stranger. It's the Lord Jesus. What does Peter do? I love the excitement here. Peter, he don't want to row to shore. He jumps in. He's so excited to see Jesus that he jumps in. He wanted to get to Jesus. Jesus had done what? He had cooked him breakfast. And he had a breakfast of fish and bread. Where did he get those foods? You ever ask yourself? Well, The fish is probably pretty easy. Right there from the sea. What about the bread? I think about this. Remember when Satan tempted Jesus? What did he tempt Jesus with? What was the first temptation? Hunger. He said, if you're hungry, if you're really God, turn these stones into bread. And what did Jesus answer? Don't test the Lord your God. He quoted scripture. Imagine Jesus seeing some stones around there and saying, Nah, it's not in your time, Satan. It's in mine. And he took some of those stones and turned them into bread. I always think about, I've never had fish and bread for breakfast. It doesn't seem like a breakfast meal. But can you imagine how good that breakfast was that the Lord Jesus cooked for them? Man. And he says, come and dine. And he has this conversation with Peter right in the middle of the other disciples. Because that conversation with Peter not only benefits Peter, but it benefits them. Peter's sin was public, it was before men, so his correction and restoration had to be public. When we sin, if only God knows about it, and it doesn't affect someone else, then you go to God and you confess it and he forgives you. But if you sin against another person, or if your offense is public, you make it right with them. You go and make it right with them. Here's what the Lord doesn't do, though. He doesn't condemn Peter. He doesn't ask him about the details of the sin. He goes straight to the heart of the matter. He goes straight to the heart of the matter. And he asks him, do you love me? Remember, how many times did Peter deny the Lord Jesus? Three. How many times did he ask Peter, do you love me? Three. Listen, take our sin to the heart of the matter. Get to the root of the problem. I'm learning that more and more from Mike. And talking with him about counseling. So many times we like to get messed up in the details. Instead of immediately going right to the root. The heart of the problem. The heart of the problem. Now, But there's also some things I want to talk about this morning. Yes, he asked him. Do you love me? But we can also learn from what Jesus didn't ask Peter. Here's what he didn't ask him. He didn't ask him about his profession of faith. Remember, being saved doesn't mean that you automatically love Jesus. Being born again doesn't mean that you have a heart automatically for Jesus. Peter had already made, if you remember, a great profession of faith in Scripture. When Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? What did he say? I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what that is? That's good Baptist doctrine. That's a great profession of faith. Peter says, you're God. And Jesus says, you got it right. That's right. Listen, I know people that are doctrinally straight, but their actions and their overall manner of life suggest That they are not in love with Jesus. They're not in love with Jesus. Their head may be on straight. They may know this. They may know the details of this, but their heart's cold. It's cold in a love for Christ. Listen, we all make mistakes as sinners. Be patient with one another. Be patient with me. But let me say we can't fool God. God sees our heart. And he wants to get to the heart of the matter. Knowing good doctrine or having good doctrine is no substitute for loving God. For loving Jesus, for having a love for Jesus. When I do pre-marriage counseling, when I, when I start off doing pre-marriage counseling, and even teaching about dating or who to date, you know the question that I always tell people, I always ask them, does that person love God? Jesus Does that person have a love For Jesus And you know what a lot of times the answer I get Oh yeah they're saved They're saved That's not what I ask you That's not what I ask you I didn't ask you if they stood before the church As a new convert I asked do they love Jesus Guys there's a huge difference in that There's a huge difference In making a profession of faith And loving the Lord and loving him there's a huge difference you remember where we started with the sermon we're standing G- Jesus is standing face to face with Peter looking him in the eyes and saying do you love me you know what he didn't ask him if he was a card carrying christian he didn't ask him his doctrine he isn't interested in performing an investigation of the sins He he didn't ask him if he stood in front of a church and had been baptized. He wants to know do you love me? Is it proven by the way you live? Do you love me? Man, what a difference that is. There's a difference. He didn't ask Peter about his profession of faith, he didn't ask him about his position. What was Peter? Peter was an apostle, he was one of the privileged 12. He was in the inner circle. Jesus had chosen him to be a leader among them. The rock that he would build his church. You know you can preach and be an elder or a deacon and not really love Jesus. Some some people preach the gospel not for the love of Christ. Not for the love of trying to share the gospel with lost people, but for self For attention. The Bible says some do it for a paycheck. To get paid. Listen, you can be a deacon. You can be an elder. You can be a preacher. You can be a teacher, a leader, and not do it. And do it not for the love of Jesus. Because you're on a power trip. I don't know why you'd be a deacon with a power trip. Because the word literally means servant. And all leaders should be servants of God. You can sing in a choir, you can play an instrument, you can span, you can stand in the spotlight, whatever you're doing, and it be for your glory and your attention rather than for the love of God. Let me say what Jesus isn't concerned about this morning. He's not concerned about titles or positions. He could have asked Judas Iscariot, "Do you love me?" And what would Judas have said? Well, I mean, Jesus, I'm one of your twelve disciples. I'm not just anybody. I'm the treasurer. I take care of the money. I got the most important position. I'm the trusted one. Look at my position. You don't care about position. You don't care about title. Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? He didn't ask him about his profession of faith. He didn't ask him about his position. And you don't see him ask him about his performance. What kind of performance? Listen, he's not ta- he, Jesus is not interested in how talented we may be. At all. Because we couldn't have any of the talents or gifts that he gives us without him anyway. He, they all come from him. Everything we have comes from him. So it's not about a performance, it's not about how good of a speaker you are or not. Paul had, the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. I know I'm running out of time this morning, but the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We're not for sure what it is. But some early church historians say that Paul, thorn in the flesh was he wasn't a good speaker. We know that Moses wasn't a good speaker. That's why he asked to bring Andrew or Aaron along. You remember that. So Jesus isn't concerned about whether we fit the right bill to go and do the job. He didn't care about any of that. He doesn't care about our performance. How many times have people performed in a church, but not out of love for Jesus? Hey, maybe you're here this morning. You can give millions of dollars to the kingdom if you can. Come and talk to me. We do need a bigger church building, right? <laughs> but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that that you would give that because of your love for Jesus. You want to you want to give money because you love Jesus. Give it where nobody knows about give it where nobody help people when nobody else knows where you get your reward in heaven listen you you can love jesus as much as any human who has ever lived that's the question do you love him there's two types of love that are listed here i want to cover these agape love means faithfulness commitment an act of will a total surrender love It's proven by action love. Philea love is brotherly love, friendship love. It's kind of homeboy love. I love you as long as I get what I want. It's a love that's convenience. Do I have agape love for the Lord Jesus? Total surrender and commitment. So he brings up a question. I'm going to answer it real quick. What are some ways that we can see do I really love? Well, first we need to ask ourselves, do I love Jesus? But how do I know if I really love him? Well, Scripture teaches, and I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but 2 Samuel chapter 24, read it later, 18 through 25. David had sinned. David had sinned by having a census done. Why did he take a census of his troops? He wanted to see how strong he was. Instead of just trusting God like he had always done, he just decided, I want to, let's count the troops. And they told him, David, that's not a good idea. Count the troops. So he counted the troops And God punishes Israel because of that. People are dying. Finally, David confesses his sin to God, and he goes to buy some land, to get some land, to build an altar. And the guy, when David, I'm paraphrasing, but read it today, please, okay? David goes to buy the land. The guy says, King David, just take the land. And David says, I am never going to offer something to God as a sacrifice that it didn't cost me something. So does my love for God cost me something? I, it, it reminds me of the widow's mite in Mark chapter 12. You don't talk about finances or money that much. You just don't need to. Because really it, we really don't have to. I know we have a loving, giving church. But it brings to the heart of the matter what Jesus thinks about our financial giving. And what we give to God. For one, I don't know who gives and who doesn't. I'm not a part of the finance team, nor will I ever be. Okay, But God does. God knows whether, you're, whether we give sacrificially or not. Sacrificially means... And he was sitting in the temple watching people give in Mark chapter 12. In Mark chapter 12, 41 through 44, he's sitting in the temple watching people give. And he sees somebody give many bags of money, a rich man. And then a widow comes in. And she gives everything. One mite, one penny is what it was. And Jesus says, who gave more? She did, because she gave out of the abundance of her heart. She gave sacrificially. She gave sacrificially. So, maybe it's not finances. But what competes against Christ in your life? Are the most important things in your life are you willing to surrender to the Lord Jesus? When you are, you're loving. It's sacrif- I'm going to talk about this more tonight. In Romans chapter 12. Sacrificially. Being a living sacrifice. Second thing I can look at. What do I desire? What do I desire in life? Luke 9.23 9 says. If anyone would come after me. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross. And follow me. That's dying to self. To live for Christ. That's dying to what I desire. And my sinful nature desires. To live for Christ. Christ. Paul. We read this in discipleship this morning, Abby and Brian. Paul said, to live is to live for Christ, but to die is gain. Paul says, so while I'm here, I'm going to live for Christ. I want to live for Christ. What do I desire? When you you love Christ, when you love Jesus, nothing else just really compares. Nothing else really compares. I'm telling you, Mark 8.36 reminds me. My favorite verse. What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? There's nothing else as important as the Lord Jesus. That's not saying that we should all go sell everything and live homeless and have the government take care of us. I don't believe in that. That's socialism. That's not biblical. Okay? Don't do that. You know, you know in your heart, do you love Jesus? Is he getting my best or my worst? What do I desire? Do I have a desire for him? Remember the the, the guys on the road to Emmaus? When Jesus, they don't know who they're talking to. And they're walking on the road of Emmaus in Luke 24. And they said this, they said to each other, Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road? While he opened up the scriptures? Does your heart burn for the Lord Jesus Christ? Does it burn? Here's the final question. And I'm going to have the worship team come. Do you abide in his word? When you love something, you want to get to know it. Remember when you're, you know, that are married in here. Remember when you're dating your spouse? Remember when you're dating your spouse? You're talking to them on the phone till 1 or 2 in the morning. It don't matter if you have to get up at 6 in the morning or not. You're staying up late on the phone. You're wanting to get to know that person. You're falling in love with that person. You want to spend every moment with that person. You want to do things for them. You want to show them. You're the knight in shining armor. When was the last time you picked up God's word to learn about the one who died for you on the cross? You say, well, I just don't have time to read the Bible. You do if you're in love with it. Because if I was dating my wife, which I'm glad we're married, honey, But if I was dating her and I said, I just don't have time for you, we ain't going to be dating no more. How many of us tell God, we don't have time for you? I don't have time, Lord, to talk to you in prayer. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But I'm not too busy to browse Facebook. I'm not too busy to go get in the boat and catch some crappie. I'm hammering myself right now. I'm not too busy to go do what I want to do, God, but I'm too busy for you. That's not love. Love is, agape love is, I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I want to know you. I want to know everything about you. I love you. Do you desire him? I want to have our worship team come today. You know, agape love is shown by what it does. So Peter answers the question. What does he answer every single time in our text? Yes, Lord, You know that I do. And what does Jesus say? Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. What is Jesus telling him? Go and show it. Go and do it. If you love me, go and do it. And what does Jesus tell us? If you love me, keep my commands. May we love him enough, church. And when I say church, I'm talking about individuals, us individually. May we love him enough that we die for him. It's easy to say, I would die for Christ. The better question is, will you live for him? All of us will say, Oh, I die for Jesus, but do you live for him? You listen to me. How does this tie into revival? That starts with that. If you want revival in your own life, I'm going to tell my I'm going to share my testimony tonight of how God used a preacher in Louisiana who wasn't even around here. We had a revival and there was 20 people there. By all earthly terms, it would have been a huge failure. Huge failure. 20 people there. And I felt like the whole week God was saying, "Do you love me? If you really love me, what are you doing? What are you doing?" Listen, that's how I got started in the ministry that week. By, by being obedient. And, and not me. Just getting down on my knees and saying, okay, God, you got me. I love you. I love you. And I'm going to show it by my actions. Now, do I always do that perfectly? No, because I have a sinful nature. I'm sinful. Right? But that's the question. That's, and listen to me. We're, we're on our last week of a two-year discipleship plan with Brian and Abby. And the last lesson is called The Judgment Seat of Christ. And you know one day all of our work as followers of Christ are going to go through a fire to see whether it stands the test of whether we're doing it for Him and the kingdom or if we're doing it for all these other motives. I pray that our work for the kingdom in this church and in your individual life, you will be rewarded with eternal heavenly rewards beyond all measure. And I'm telling you, everything else that we're doing in this life, from business, from my business, to whatever business you're involved in, to whatever job you have, it ain't going to matter. None of it's going to matter. That's the only thing that matters. So I, I asked for the invitation today, and here's why. Do you love Jesus? Do you pursue him passionately like you did your spouse? Do you love him? If you don't, if you don't, I challenge you today to get on your knees. Repent and say, Lord Jesus, you did everything for me. I want to pursue you with everything I've got. And you've got me. And you want to have a revival in your heart? That's the way it starts. That's where it starts. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter your talents. It doesn't matter any of that. He'll use you for the kingdom. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God this morning for our time in worship and in preaching your word Lord I thank you for this passage in John 21 that shows us the restoration of Peter I thank you for the, just what you said and it's so impactful into our lives and I, I pray God this morning there's people here that don't love you. I'm not asking them this morning when they professed you as their Lord and Savior I'm asking, I'm asking them if they have a desire for you if they love you. I believe that all has to point back to when we put our faith and trust in you, Lord. And that's important, that you died for us. That's the most important thing. But God, are are we letting things in our life pull us away from you? Lord, you got Peter focused on a mission, and he fulfilled it in the book of Acts. We can read about it. And so Lord, I pray for everybody in this room this morning. That what you've given them, the mission that you've given my brothers and sisters in this room, they're fulfilling, whatever that is. Because it's the only thing that matters. And in everything we do here, from preaching the word, to service behind the scenes, to funding our missionaries, everything is done to glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray.
0: Just been in vanity and pride.
3: Caring how my Lord was crucified.
0: There your pardon multiply to me There my burdens so found liberty Calvary There your mercy and your grace for free There your pardon multiply to me my burdens, oh, valiantly at cavalry,
1: cavalry.
0: All
1: right, thank you, Tammy, Jasmine. You want to come up here? I know she she's scared to death, and that's okay. Uh, she she said, she told me she came up. She said. I said, Are you nervous? She said, Yeah. And I said, Why? Well, she said, I don't like people. And I said, I don't like people either. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I love people. But hey, she's came. I met with her Wednesday night. I met with Jasmine and Tammy on Wednesday night, and we had a good talk. And Jasmine has professed Christ uh, as her Lord and Savior. Yeah. They're not that scary, are they? I mean, we got a good good looking church. They're scary. Okay, you guys work on your scariness, church, okay? But so she's gonna be baptized the last week of this month at the river. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited for her. Yep. You got anything you wanna say? Well, I knew that was coming. Tammy? Miss Tammy? Okay. All right. So what I want you to do, though, is come around and congratulate her as we close. Here's the benediction for today. Just a quick reminder, revival at 630 tonight. Listen, I pray that you focus on you this week. You. Uh, and, and you come ready for God to revive you. And, and may, hey, you know why we haven't had revival services here? Because revival is to revive. It's not that maybe we don't needed to maybe we should okay but we haven't because revival is when you're dying or when you're like man i need to get a i need to get the AED out and get shocked right i don't necessarily think we've had a church that needed to be shocked and i don't even know if we do now i i really don't but i think there's maybe some individuals that need to be shocked okay and that's what this is about it isn't about the whole body it 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 is, in a sense, that I want you to come and worship the Lord, okay? But this is about individuals. This is about you and the Lord and you getting excited again about what he saved you from. And that's kind of our benediction today. The benediction is 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. It goes back to, we don't love God because we're just perfect individual people. Who No, no. We love God. We have a desire to love God because... He died for us. He loved us while we were yet sinners. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's what I hope you go back to this week, to when Christ saved you. And hey, if, you, if, you're, if you're struggling this week about, well, I just don't know when Christ saved me, come talk to me. Those conversations are exciting. Come and talk to Mike. Come and talk to one of our elders. That We love having those conversations. I love talking about the gospel Because here's the deal, I don't want anybody in this body going to heaven and standing before God and them saying, well, I I thought I was a Christian. I mean, I I joined Crossbridge, and God's saying, I don't know who you are. So I I want you to focus on that this week. I really want you to think about it. really want you to think about it, all right? 6.30 tonight, 6.30 tonight, come around and congratulate uh, this young lady. And I'm going to ask Max Hartman, I'll bring you the mic, would you close us in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this chance to come here today to worship you and to um, hear your word that that commissions us to truly love you, to love you more than these. And I pray for revival in this body. I pray personal revival in everyone's heart. Pray for the revival meetings coming up. And we thank you for Jasmine that has confessed faith in you. And her, her life's going to be changed forever. And We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Pie in the face outside in about five minutes.